forever. Dog. Welcome to Hills I Die On. Thanksgiving stinks. Being old is awesome. I believe twins should be separated at birth. The Bachelor is the perfect way to find love. Adults who like Disneyland are deeply unwell. Welcome back to another episode of Hills I Die On. Today is a wonderful day on the pod because today we are joined by not one, but two completely wonderful humans. They are hilarious and delightful. One writer, one actor, host of their podcast, Table Flipping with Alyssa and Taylor. Please welcome to the podcast, Alyssa Littman and Taylor Mishak. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm that really so, pumped me up. Yeah. I'm, so <laughs> I'm really so glad. Uh, I'm so happy to have you both here. I'm sorry I'm, to be here. It's so, it's so nice to hear your voice in person because I've listened to your pod so much. It's like a real, I'm starstruck right now. The way now. to my heart. Yeah. It's so real to like see a face match the voice. Heart. You guys, I hope, I'm, it's my voice hot? Did you guys it's think great. it was going to be hot? Am I as hot as you assumed I would be? Um, <laughs> totally kidding. I'm so happy to have you here. I should call out for the audience. Uh, we are doing this in my new humble abode at <laughs> the Beverly Wilshire Four Seasons. I've talked about my shitty rent control apartment so many times on this podcast that this is like a thrilling move for this me. This is like the most luxurious and slightly terrifying because of coronavirus, but I feel like the luxury is trumping the terror. So you should know. I was, I'm so glad you said terrifying because of coronavirus and not because we're in my hotel room. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and in today's, today's world, I was like, hey, ladies, come meet me yeah. in my hotel room for a podcast record. It'll be good for your career. Uh, no, Honestly, I'd be flattered. So. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Re-coronavirus, you have nothing to fear because the only reason I'm in this hotel, uh, I am riffraff, as discussed on this podcast, uh, but my uncle is not riffraff and was coming to LA for a conference that they had here. Uh, the conference got canceled uh, but unfortunately, he was unable to cancel his Oof. room. So out of the goodness of his heart, thank you, Uncle oh, Raymond wow. and Kitty. They gave us this week here. So it's been abandoned because wow. there's like because the conference was canceled. So it's literally been wow. us at the pool hanging out. So we are quarantined. We are five star quarantined. Wow. people. I love five it. star quarantined. It was, I love it. Right? <laughs> amazing. amazing. Yeah. So I'm super on board for being here and uh, for avoiding the coronavirus altogether. By the way, have you guys done any prep? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. If you know me, you know that I went to Whole Foods a week ago and bought all the supplies. I consider myself prepped because I'm close with Alyssa. Th that, yes. <laughs> well, and now I do too she because she's I'm going to person. loot Alyssa during the apocalypse. Well, so here's <laughs> the other part of that. This Just is a big kidding. step for me because I was a little bit inebriated after I got freaked out and went to like on a mad dash to Whole Foods. And I told my boyfriend, like, I know this sounds crazy, but maybe we shouldn't tell people we have extra toilet paper here. That's so funny. <laughs> You're not wrong. And then he told the whole writer's room of course so he everyone's did everyone's welcome in my fucking apartment i That's guess so funny we had a writer on our show being like of course i'm prepared i'm so prepared that i even changed my code to my garage so my gardener can't wow. get in and i was like i'm gonna rob you even if i'm prepared if it comes down to it i'm robbing you because you're being a little bitch right <laughs> That's now like pretty classist <laughs> as well <laughs> you're so you're so right let's take him down Mine for, being was prepared just like for trying to protect his family fear you know like no i'm not i'm not discriminating against like professions i'm just like nobody Everybody's welcome to my extra cookies that I have. You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I did to prep was, first of all, I decided to prep like three days ago. Things are completely gone. Yeah. Hand sanitizer is $193 on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Water it's on crazy. Amazon is like $50 it's, now. Uh, capitalism is, you guys, yeah. we could get into that. It's, it's bad, but we're all going to be fine and we're working together and it's going to be great. Totally. The only thing I did do was I asked my therapist if I could have like six months of Xanax. <laughs> 
that's a I good was plan. like, in case of an emergency, Just don't you want me to be calm yeah. during the apocalypse? What did they say? And she laughed at me. She, <gasps> she so unprofessional, yeah. am I right? Yeah. Anyway, so I don't get that. I don't have any hand sanitizer, but I'm glad to know you do. <laughs> yes. yes. We should steal all the toilet paper at this hotel. We really it's should. So expensive. Yeah, I'm looking they at this hard... boxed water right now, and this I'm like, this is coming home with me. This is for you guys. Oh, my I was in an attempt to be bougie. I was like, I couldn't possibly go down and get my coffee this morning. I'm preparing for a meeting. <laughs> Which also, by the way, I tried to get us a conference room to be less creepy, and then we'll get into your hill. Uh, and I called down and was like, hey, do you guys have like rooms I could rent out? And they were like, yes, but there is a charge. And I was like, oh, may I please have an extra chair to my room? <laughs> And the woman on the other line got silent, being like, you're clearly having a meeting. Like, you're clearly having a meeting. Like, and also extra water. Thank no, no, you. No, but then I karma's just need a bitch. an extra chair. Exactly. And then karma's a bitch because I literally was like, and also a latte. And when they brought my latte up, it was $20. Woo! $20. Wow. I know. Wow. So I have to finish every last lick yeah, of this Yeah, lick thing. it up. Um, anyway, glad you guys are here. Let's get into it. I know we have a parking meter that we got to hit. So let's <laughs> do this. LA? I it's love the, the stakes LA of LA. We're here. Like, We've got to get this done. My meter is running up. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, city of Beverly Hills. Uh, I love your hill more than anything. I'm so excited to get into this. Will you guys please tell me what your yeah, hill is? Yeah, should we say it at the same time? Yes. Okay. Uh, but, uh, okay, so we think that... Reality TV is good for women. Yay. I love it with all my heart. <laughs> I was like, there's a couple different ways that you could say it, Alyssa. I'm not a mind reader. But you did great. You Thank guys have you. both taken that improv class where you look at each <laughs> yeah. other. Cheering. Exactly. Yeah. And you say the words and you did it. Uh, bravo. If this was something that be, that came from reality TV, then it, then you did good. Um, uh, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, it looks like but you guys are came prepared, of yes, course. Yes, we uh, did. This, this is, is low-key our life. And so this, this opportunity is really great for us to exert some energy that we've had built up. Oh, I can't wait. I'd also like to add that Taylor was on the debate team in high school. Yeah. And did you say you missed prom for a debate uh, situation? <laughs> so you are in trouble, Taylor. Not only is this my first podcast with two people, so 2v1, it's a double the power move that there's also another Taylor on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a flex. So, it's a flex. Um, a more successful Taylor is a little devastating, <laughs> but um, I'm happy to have you here and let's get into uh, it. Okay, so off the top, I just wanted to start with a little quote from one Roxanne Gay who says I think that the Real Housewives franchises allow women to be their truest selves we see the mess we see their amazing friendships and everything in between when women are allowed to be their fullest selves that's the most feminist thing we can do so do you think that Roxanne Gay is not a feminist Taylor? <laughs> I do know Roxanne uh -huh. was the author of Bad Feminists bad feminist, right? Mm -hmm. yes. so interesting mm -hmm. interesting while well, we're talking about bad feminists and good feminists yeah <laughs> I think generally what we're trying to get out here is that there's so many limitations on how women can be portrayed in certain types of media. Totally. And in reality TV specifically, I feel like we get to see women over 40 and what their sex lives look like and what their beauty routine looks like and what their friendships look like and their businesses and all of those kinds of things that you might not get as much in traditional movies or television. You get to see people of all different um sexual persuasions and uh is that the correct I love it. persuasions <laughs> you know and um ethnicities and socioeconomic statuses I feel like we're just casting a wider net for the women that are allowed to be the stars of reality tv and then the storylines that we get to see them like she's pointing out are completely different th from everything that's scripted like we get to see we see friendship breakups like Alyssa and I have both talked a lot about uh Heidi and Elsie on the hills when we were teenagers and like God how bless. influential that was 
was and to see two women close to our age have like a really complicated friendship and we got to watch this whole arc of them fighting over their careers over their priorities over finally when like an evil boyfriend comes into the situation so we get to see Heidi and Elsie like fight friendship on the hills we get to see Teresa Judice have like a really crazy her family gets torn apart on the Real Housewives of New Jersey we get to see sisters deal with like inheritance mm-hmm. that's coming down from their mother that passed away on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like we're seeing just female characters interact with other female characters about like these crazy plots we don't get to see in scripted film or TV yeah I love this I there's no way I can argue with you that we're not seeing more walks of life mm-hmm. but if you can honestly tell me and look I watched all of the hills all I, 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 I would be fully lying if I said that I didn't try to dress like Elsie yeah. for a full decade of my <laughs> yep. life those like yep. what I can only describe as anal bead necklaces yes. yeah. were absolutely everything yeah. however do we really want to be teaching women mm-hmm. that the fighting that should happen is that type of fighting like I felt like yes they dealt with things that we dealt with mm-hmm. but they handled it in a way that made fighting among women seem like it was the norm okay Ooh, let's get into this yeah. yes. can you honestly tell me that as a female who has other female friends especially within the industry where you're yes. competing for jobs and all of that you don't have frenemies and people that you talk about behind their back of course I do so, I'm human and I'm also a little bitch I and I love gossip this idea that we don't have these types of fights with people that even that we're very close to that we're not competing with is a false narrative like part of being a woman is having complicated feelings and competitive feelings with other women however I think having the feelings is different than acting on the feelings Mm -hmm. and I think there are significantly better ways to have the conversation that aren't blowout fights and maybe I have like a little like adorable circle of humans Mm -hmm. but I feel like if like you guys know my our mutual friend Alex Franklin right could you imagine Alex and I having like a a hair pulling like throw down (laughs) fight if anything it's like I feel like maybe you didn't hear me when I was talking we talk it out over sushi and then we're good well I think some of the best moments in reality TV are these really big blowout fights of course because it's so fun to watch but there's two points that need to be made about what we're talking about the first one is we can't assume that when women or people but especially women in this argument are watching TV everything that they're watching is like a lesson and they're going to be like well I learned from Real Housewives that I'm going to throw this wine glass Mm -hmm. what we're actually just seeing is women who are kind of being confrontational and speaking their mind which is an overcorrection of what I think we actually practice in real life. Because yes. to Alyssa's point, like in my in my friendships, there's like different ups and downs and different fights. But I tend to be a people pleaser. I tend to be anti-confrontational. Mm-hmm. I tend to want to avoid Same. those fights. And sometimes I could do it could really come to the cost of me or mm-hmm. my career or my friendships. And what I'm really trying to see in this in the span of reality TV is all of these characters who are kind of just like speaking their voice and having an opinion. And they do argue. And is it often very like, crazy like brawls yes but it is also just like little lunch dates where people are having it out and hashing it out and Mm -hmm. being like let's get this all out on the table I want to move forward I want to move past this that's such like a cute little cliche like reality TV moment and then we see that sometimes they don't and that's how real life is you know like sometimes you try to get over something to someone's face and you know you're supposed to like be the bigger person and move on and you just can't let it go and then it comes up at the reunion when Andy Cohen asks you about it you know like seeing people have these these issues is like it helps you then connect with being like no I can actually be honest with the the issues that I'm having but to the earlier point too it's like we've been talking about how the difference that we we treat reality tv like that's very trashy and it's this like guilty pleasure and it's like nothing of substance and we talk about
about how it's teaching young women like the wrong lessons. We're watching Tony Soprano. We're watching Breaking Bad. We're watching Succession. Why can we watch scripted TV that's usually about men where they're having brawls? They're literally murdering people. Mm -hmm. And we're like, this is um, an amazing look at like humanity and the human condition and what um, what, what spectacular award-winning television. And then we're watching women not murdering each other, but getting close <laughs> sometimes. And we're like, well, this is absolute trash. This is a bad example for humans. This is something like, why can't it's we be bad, trusted? Yeah. yeah, it's like a bad influence. How come we could watch Succession and give it awards? And then we're watching Teresa Judice flip a table and we're like, well, this is bad for people. It's a more beautiful. authentic and real <laughs> version of it. I love it. I'm not going to argue that at all. Uh, I think that's a beautiful point. Uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, you guys are making me feel so much better about my own TV watching Yay! habits. So I appreciate the point, that. It's like such yeah. a guilty pleasure. Why? It's good it TV. It is a guilty pleasure. Uh, however, while we're talking about just like whether it's realistic or unrealistic. Mm -hmm. uh, another point that I found uh, on the internet was that it promotes <laughs> unrealistic standards of living and dating for women. Blah, blah, um, blah. Which... <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I we talked about coming. this a little bit in the, in the Bachelor episode with our Alex Franklin. Alyssa's rolling but, up her sleeves. Yeah, I'm, I'm so ready for it. This, uh, speaking of people pleasers, I'm but already like, going, I'm so keep sorry. Keep yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm a people pleaser too, um, but I'm trying to embody uh, Teresa and Judice. Right I, love yeah. I support that. I mean, and I fully, I, there's no way I'm going to argue that watching any woman on uh, TV, you know, speaking for themselves and like speaking from the heart and like standing up for themselves is a bad thing because we all need to be doing right. more of that Godspeed. However, <laughs> uh, when we're watching dating shows and mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about this uh, in the Bachelor episode, but uh, a lot of the dating centric shows, mm -hmm. uh, even those that are not, are providing women with these environments that are so simulated and oftentimes so amazing that it's not a realistic presentation oh, of what dating would look like in the real world mm -hmm. on top of the fact that we're also presenting people with like nines and tens across the board oh, in sure. terms of looks so you're being thrown into this like sort of unrealistic situation so <laughs> i think the idea that we're only looking at nines and tens across the board means that we all just should turn off our screens because every single piece of media that you're going to watch except for maybe reality tv honestly depending on what show you're, you're watching so right, you're so right. is going to be nines and tens across the board yes, like so, right. yeah. so i let's just remove that i I just stricken from the record. Um, <laughs> the idea that it's a simulated. Okay, so we have talked about how The Bachelorette, right? It's yeah. a, it's an interesting concept because for the most part in real life, there's not going to be a situation where one woman has thirty men like actively trying to marry her. You yes. know, at the same time, if you do, God bless you. That's amazing. It's That's thrilling. just not how real life is. But I enjoy like, you know, movies and TV are also supposed to be fantasy and aspirational. And so that's part of the fantasy for me. And I don't think that's necessarily a negative. I'm not like walking into the dating pool or going on Henge and being like, where's my 30 men who have Neil Lane rings? You know what I mean? Totally. I, I do think too, the, I think what you're saying is that the women who are competing in it too are kind of then being held in this little bubble and it's kind of affecting the actual contestants. In preparing for this, I was thinking a lot more about like the women who are watching it. But that being said, the people who are contestants we're watching right now on the current season with Peter and Maddie and Hannah Ann that right now they're in this place where they're going, okay, you know that we have to go into the real world and we have to start thinking about our lifestyles. And like when I put our relationship to the test in my head, like I don't think it's working. Like they, they understand that what's going on is like a little cuckoo bananas. Sure. They call it the journey. It's a little nuts. <laughs> and I think for the women watching it, Alyssa's right. They're like chiming in for this like fantasy. We all know what we're watching. We all know it's a dating show. I can't argue that the conceit of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is like good for women or good for people. But I think that 
we we know what it is when we're digesting it. It has become a really great platform for a handful of really tight feminists like yeah. Hannah B, Caitlin Bristow. There's plenty of women who have been able to have a platform across America talking about sex, talking about their values, talking about their bodies, talking about parenting and kind of starting those conversations in, in a really interesting way. And highlighting the way that they're go- they're being bullied by people online for it, which is like a really special thing that unless you had this insane conceit, uh, you wouldn't really be able to speak to in a blanketed where everyone would be affected by, so by right. it. Um, I also want to say that The Bachelorette this season is 38 years old and she's the oldest man or woman to be The Bachelor or Bachelorette. I also think it's so brilliant for, well, for a million reasons. First of all, I think it's so much more complex to watch someone whose executive functions have fully formed, like try to find love. Uh, But I also think it's brilliant because the viewers are aging. Like, I don't think The Bachelor is getting like young people anymore. So like they are growing with us who Mm -hmm. now want to watch our peers. And it sometimes becomes a little more painful, I think, to watch 22 year olds when you're not 22 anymore exactly being like, oh, so no, no. It's, like yeah, i'm 28 and i'm I'll still be like she's yes. 22 i know i'm like they're two yeah, yeah they're and babies. then you're like oh no no i think that's um, a really good point so real quick I, we've done a little talk about the bachelor and bachelorette but back to the unrealistic standards of dating oh, right, for right, women right, right. Uh, right since we've talked about the bachelor and bachelorette before uh and personally i've found uh my own dating and life experience has been unfazed by that it's the real escapism that like a lot of television and entertainment is supposed to be for us it's supposed to help you like kind of turn off your brain I know like we work in scripted television so for us personally it's a lot of like I don't have to worry about who cast the show right. I don't have to be like well where was I that day or like oh let me look at the writers and like the showrunner and all like you just get to entertainment for entertainment's totally. sake which yes. is a really great thing that I think if we didn't have as people like I think there's always going to be a crowd that says that entertainment is trashy no matter what it is mm-hmm. you know what I mean well, and as we yes. always we always are going to have to have it I don't care how advanced we get we're going to need to be able to turn on our TV mm-hmm. and have something silly that's like not Trump thinking the coronavirus is going to die on April 1st that's yes. going to depress me you know what I mean <laughs> I also think there's this general concept that Reality TV, which is largely marketed towards women and the audience is women, is somehow like a guilty pleasure when like I'm a person who loves sports. I play basketball, so I'm not trying to gender anybody's interest. But the idea that fighting over whose finger last touched a ball when you drew a rectangle on the ground to be inbounds or out of bounds is more valid than Kristen Doty sleeping with her best friend's boyfriend like and I'm gonna argue with people whether that was warranted or not like it's just so so gendered like why does why is one seen as more valid than the other I love that I'm not debating that in the slightest (laughs) on that same note it's fun to talk about now thinking it's just about stupid boys Uh, but all people do this (laughs) who needs is, there is it's an easy filter when you you can kind of gauge whether or not a guy is a total douche by the way that he talks about the concept of reality yeah. TV. Like we I, I recently met someone who was like I was like, oh, well, it's Monday. Like, I've got to watch The Bachelor. And he was like, oh, you watched The Bachelor for real. And I was like, yeah. And then he goes, I mean, I, I guess I can't like my wife watches it. It's like, I'm sorry, you're an asshole and you don't respect your wife or women. I hate you. <laughs> I, think, like, I think it's just an interest, like the way that also people could speak as though they know all about it. Like you can run into someone who's not a sports fan and they'll go, you know what? I actually really don't know anything about sports. I'm not a sports person. I don't mm-hmm. know it. I don't get it. But, but you'll but run into a you thousand people who will go, I don't watch The Bachelor because it's 
sexist and it's harmful for women and it's terrible for bitch you haven't seen any of it yeah i've had so many arguments with my own boyfriend who will <laughs> tell me what reality tv is about and he'll go well that reality tv does this this and this and i'm like excuse me what are you fucking citing tony you don't fucking watch it I think, okay first of all tony is lovely and we <laughs> like him and taylor's being very fired up right now relationship is the most beautiful I thing you guys an, women helping women across the board yes. right now um no he's lovely and he i think he enjoys a good lively argument as yeah. we all do of course, yes. of course. Um, and he did concede like oh yeah you're right i haven't watched as he much did. as you he immediately have. was like oh you're amazing. right you're a thousand percent right but, and also what a thoughtful partner to have to concede right. that yes. point to you i realized this too uh when i think i talked about this a little in our bachelor episode too but when joining the writer's room i like you assume everyone's going to be like a little bit like elitist about mm-hmm. the things that they watch but never have i met a group of humans who love reality TV more than any writer's room I've yes. ever been in. This season of the writer's room, I watched almost no scripted television because I was busy watching The Circle, yeah. Love yes. is Blind, yes. Flirty Dancing, The Bachelor, yes. and we were going crazy about it because, and it was actually really thoughtful, articulate yes. conversations with yes. some of the smartest people I've ever met having conversation Can about reality. Can you The Circle Ugh. too? I mean, I what a positive, amazing experience. Okay. So in an effort to just play devil's advocate right. for you guys, I was trying to think <laughs> about The Circle in terms of like how it portrayed women. The one thing that I did have on this is I think the only reason Sammy, who, God bless her, I love her with all my heart, yeah. she, I hope someday we can be friends. I think the reason she didn't win is because she didn't uplift the other women on the show she made allies with the two guys who then at the end of the day went bros before hoes or whatever and both both went with their buddies when sammy voted off several other women who could have been allies for her and done the same thing and you know what that's a life lesson i was just gonna say what a feminist lesson you just learned i was like wow that's a really great takeaway that's gonna positively affect the way that you lead your life i think generally speaking like these are competition shows yes we are, you know, we're in one of the most competitive industries in the world. So yes. when I see something like that happen, I think to myself, this directly applies to staffing or whatever it is. There's only so many slots <laughs> for everybody. So I'm not mad that the world isn't all based on merit and fair and, you oh, know, of course. all of that. It's playing the game. And I think it's just one more example of like, wow, they were all nice people. They were all trying yes. to be nice to each other. And I think that shows very unique because they're all acting sort of out of love for each other. It was fantastic. Fantastic. Without I having really met like. Each other. I would have gone in and gone the other way and like tried to eliminate the people that were most popular. And it seemed like they all wanted to protect the people who were there for each other. It the was most. wild. I, I yeah. loved every. The fact that they all protected Shubham was like the most like positive. <laughs> like oh, maybe humans aren't all bad. Yeah. By just by, instead of being like it was three times in a row, get this guy out of there because right. I feel like I would have done the same thing. But it was the it was, it was my my little heart. I got like bed sores from watching so much of that. <laughs> yeah, it was I, but sick. I think that's a real thing. At the end of the day, bros before hoes you can be the biggest guys girl in the world and sometimes like bros are just gonna pick bros you know Mm -hmm. like unfortunately not to knock it look I feel like we're bashing men a little bit we love men they're great I just think like that's a fact of life that if you're going to be like calculated in what you want to achieve that's something you have to consider absolutely yeah love that the circle also talks about or engages with stereotypes, which is another thing I wanted to bring up. Yes. Talking about, in general, for I think reality TV for both men and women, uh, kind of turns stereotype on its head. Because even if you are, if you're writing a scripted show, so for example, I know it sounds like I hate him, but I actually really like my boyfriend Tony Asenda, <laughs> and he's a really good writer. And we were talking about how for the second season of his show American Vandal, they had a basketball player character, and they were like, "But we don't want him to just be a stereotypical basketball player. So what are we going to do? We're going 
to have him mm, like poetry. And that's something that's opposite. So even if you're trying to write a non-stereotypical character, you're starting with the paradigm of this stereotype and then finding whatever contradicts that. Absolutely. And the people that we see in reality TV don't even have to start with that framework. They're all real people. So if, if it is a basketball player who has any other interest, it's not because they're trying to be anything. It's just because they're being themselves. And there's a really great Time article that talks about this. That yeah. was, it came out a few years ago. But it t- says reality TV characters uh, are the kind of hard to pigeonhole folks that you find in real life. So on Survivor or The Amazing Race, the gay men on those shows don't drop Judy Garland references in every scene. MTV's Making the Band 2, a kind of hip-hop American Idol, gives center stage to inner city kids who might have been portrayed as perps or victims on any cop drama or NCIS or these things that we... So we're seeing people break stereotypes not because of any effort of any writer or any like show. It's just because they're following people the way that they are. And I think one of the bigger arguments against Real Housewives, and it's usually from people who haven't seen it, is like, oh, well, then this show must be asserting some sort of like really singular and really stereotypical, really negative portrayal of a woman at home or a real housewife or whatever you think that is. These women could not be more different from each other. There is no one stereotype they're that they're pushing. They're selling perfume. They're Ooh. selling bracelets. <laughs> they're selling fucking real they're estate. They're making money. They margaritas. They're they getting laid. They're, do, they're like they're there's and they're so different from one another. Like Erica Girardi could not be more different than Cynthia Bailey, who couldn't be more different from Teresa Judice. Like they are not asserting any one stereotype onto people or women or their audiences. It's like if anything, they're they're also different and unique from one another and they're fighting to be the most special and yes. unique and that leads to really great drama yeah. which is great tv how you gonna have beef with that beautiful so beautiful <laughs> I, these you guys this is like <laughs> a true ted talk about reality television uh, another thing i had for you guys is that oh it may be uh, a good thing for other women to watch but is it necessarily the best thing for the women doing it mm. yes we do have like our bethany frankles of the world but we also have our Jessica from Love is Blind, our honey, here comes honey boo boo. Mm-hmm. Right. And are we going to say that it's good for all women participating? Look, do I love a mentally ill reality TV star? Yes. <laughs> Does of it course. make for great television if someone has a drinking problem? Obviously. <laughs> Am I going to say that that's what's best for them? Not necessarily. However, it does provide them a means to support themselves. So look, there's a lot of questionable producing going on sometimes behind the scenes, but we don't know that they wouldn't have the same struggles had they not been a star on the show. So they're just getting paid for being the person that they are. Yeah. And now there's also such a there's such a wider understanding for what reality TV is. So often if I see someone, even if it's on a crazy TLC show, let's take, for example, my favorite show of all time, 90 Day Fiance. Uh, A lot of people have beef with 90 Day Fiance because it really can make you feel bad. You're seeing people being hoodwinked. You're seeing people being taken advantage of. You see like all of these different cultures across the world and these kind of like weird lights that maybe TLC isn't doing total like politically correct justice to. However, That show now has been on for so long. It's been made famous by like Chrissy Teigen's fandom. People know what they're getting into now. I feel like the days of somebody like kind of signing up for whether it's Mm -hmm. The Bachelor, Vanderpump Rules, 90 Day Fiance, My Strange Addiction, whatever weird reality show it is, you have the resources and to see what you're getting yourself into and the agency to choose whether or not you want to do it. You could go in and kind of negotiate what your pay is or what your life is going to be like after that. People making so much money on Instagram because they've been on this shows is like kind of a fair deal in my eyes. You're also not a prisoner. You're welcome to quit any season. But you you know know what you're signing up for. 
like I think like I think kind of gone are the days of even the honey boo boo that might not have realized how much like America was going to eat them alive. Like, people now know. Yeah, sure. maybe if you're a child and you're on a reality right, TV show. Right, the children show, thing is fascinating. But, I mean, but it's also child actors. You could argue the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but I feel like Bravo largely and the women take it upon themselves not to go after each other's families as much as possible and yeah. leave the kids out of it. So yeah, I don't see an issue. I love that. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Uh, another point that I found in for you guys is I found an article on Helpline that explained how people initially thought that the MTV shows Teen Mom and 16 and Pregnant would glamorize teen pregnancies. Right. Uh, but then the teen pregnancy rate actually dropped. dropped. We've talked about studies. Oh, really? Girl, that yeah. show changed my life. Okay, I, so it kind of did. It really yeah. did. I, it came on when I was in eighth or ninth grade, and it was like kind of when different friends of mine were getting on or were not getting on birth control, mm-hmm. but like kind of yeah. messing around. I was in a really small town in New Hampshire. We didn't have much to do. Um, and that was Caitlin and Tyler were on the first season. They uh, give up their baby for adoption. I know that's not the politically correct phrase anymore, but they give up their baby for adoption. It <laughs> she is, says it again. I said it again because I don't, I'm like <laughs> struggling to think of the other way to say it. But at the time I'm like 13, 14 and I'm watching this and it is heartbreaking they really and they, they're making like the right call to them and and to watch them and my mom ended up thinking she was on in that camp that was like this is going to make you want to get knocked up and then she sat down and watched those episodes with me specifically about Caitlin and Tyler and That's we had amazing. like a huge f- teaching moment about what them making the right call wh- everything that you should take into consideration if you do get pregnant how to prevent it like it became such a cool way for my mom to use it as a tool to talk to me that was also less embarrassing for her because the show did all the dirty work yes like the show kind of talked about sex and so how she it happened and, there was, yeah. it without using and she the was words. like okay so see these things that they exactly she it just like became a, a much cooler thing and I still think about them I think about them all the time but they also still they, they have like what teen mom OG is yeah. on MTV yeah. now and it talks about their relationship with their current kids with the with their daughter that they did uh having the adopt that they gave up for adoption um so i i think that that the show did the exact this, opposite is that your mom sounds amazing yeah. oh yeah trina's dope and well, god bless yeah. <laughs> she can come on anytime to have a sex talk with on me on the flip side my mom thought that the real world was too mature for me and i wasn't allowed to watch mtv for quite a while and i lost my virginity when i was 15 which i don't recommend to anybody oh, so my mom is dope not her fault yes. but like i'm just saying Had like you, yeah. maybe if i had seen teen mom i be like, well, I don't know if I, I want to get into that. And what we're talking about too is like more information is better, right? Like yeah. it's yeah. like it's if these shows they might not be like the most educated or kind of like perfectly thought out ways to introduce these topics to audiences, sure. but they're still talking about them. Like we said earlier with like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, they're bringing the topic of sex into homes that I think people really don't talk about. So yeah. I think a lot of conservative families really watch that show and the show tackles sex every season and I think it's kind of introducing that topic into that family i think that like vanderpump rules yeah it talks about alcoholism amongst 20 year olds in la in a way that like i'm I've finding like seen, yeah. hashtag relatable yeah like <laughs> it's it, it just it brings topics into your home in a in a way that's really digestible and kind of unexpected to that that, uh, that same article that i had referenced uh was talking about how some psychologists think that hoarding shows have actually helped raise awareness oh, about wow. the problem uh and to actually help people then get help as wow. well and raise awareness and yeah you know, have, you know it makes you uncomfortable if you're effect. starting to see yourself in like a Sheena Marie Shea on TV you're like sure. oh maybe I'm codependent maybe I need to think about my relationships with uh men 
and how I jump from relationship to relationship. You know, those kinds of things. It's like, if you start to see yourself in these characters, I think it's a good way without like putting your whole life on TV to be like, I might need to make some changes because look yeah. how everyone's reacting to that. Totally. You know? Or right. even something as simple we, as like, am I wearing too much under eye mascara? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The same thing is <laughs> yeah. You guys, the whole spectrum is there. I um, do have a tiny list oh, of like some literal things that this I've is learned. A real fun oh, list. I love yeah. this. I was th- as I was preparing for today, I was thinking about kind of like the bigger ways that I think reality TV and my watching it has improved my life. And then I ended up thinking of a lot of like little and very real ways that it's affected me. For example, my boyfriend and I and I have started looking into real estate lately, and I know so much realty lingo because of the Isn't real housewives of Beverly yeah. Hills. Yes. Like fully well, I like basically am a real estate yeah. agent and HDTV. Um I watch and have seen every single episode of Shark Tank, so I'm fully prepared to like intelligently invest my millions when I make them. <laughs> yes. um, I had a, a good friend of mine. She is she is wonderfully healthy. Her baby is wonderfully healthy, but when she was going into labor, everything got very complicated, and a doctor came out and was like, she's suffering from preeclampsia. And everybody is like, what is preeclampsia? And I was like, I straight up know everything about this because it happened to Kim Kardashian on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Wait, what is it? It's, it's like a blood pressure condition that then puts you into like an extreme. You've got to yeah. get the baby out right away. It affects the baby. It affects the mom. And it has to do with their. What's the thing that people can eat after the Placenta. 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 Yeah. That people Placenta. can eat. <laughs> you Again, saw the hand gestures. This something the we learned from Sonia Morgan's facials on the on the real house of the It'll keep you young forever. I don't know if I I'm pretty sure that I knew Justin Bieber had Lyme disease before he knew yes. he had Lyme disease because of Yolanda Hadid yes. on Real Housewives of Beverly Amazing. Hills. Equally as important, I learned how to contour my face because of Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. All yeah. of that stuff. I have learned, this is like a little bit more real, but I have learned so much about the like the history of gay rights in the United States from RuPaul's Drag Race. Like yes. the different stories that they'll tell and the timelines that they'll kind of like focus on and celebrate. And I'm like, wow, I never knew that. Uh, the most recent season of Are You the One? We talk about this on our yes. podcast was like shed such a cool light on gender fluidity and sexual fluidity and they put like little definitions on the bottom of the screen that were so enlightening to me and like they as didn't a get in trouble like female. the way big mouth did no shade to big mouth i'm just saying sure they and somehow got it accurate which i think is great that's, that's the other thing that you were talking about of uh reality tv kind of being able to tackle stuff that scripted tv still has breaks on i think it's because they're it's not like you have one person who's representative of that entire experience to the whole writer's sure. room. It's like you have the actual people who are going through it so you can just talk to them. Sure. You know, like it's more of a direct. It's not like, somebody trying to reflect through somebody else. Right. It's, it's like this is my perspective. This other contestant we have that has a similar pers- uh, a similar, you know, outlook, but might have a different perspective. That's so you know, true. Also the immediacy of it all. Yeah. You could then address it. If there is follow up, you can then address it in the next episode and have it all resolved yeah. mm-hmm. where it's a little harder to do that with script if you just have actual real human beings being themselves you can't be like oh this show is putting down um that type of person because that type of person really exists and those yeah. are the choices they made I think you know? I'm an cr- incredibly supportive girlfriend and sometimes i go on podcasts and i rip him apart and i <laughs> yeah. think that the, and if i was a scripted and character can, right now they would go oh taylor can't do that because it makes yeah. her sound unlikable it makes her sound <laughs> bad audiences like we forgive these characters we have so much capacity of understanding for them and so much love in our for them that we've watched a lot of these people whether it's from the hills or from real housewives i think also generally what you're getting at and what we've talked about a lot with like don draper and tony soprano and walter white all of these people like there's not that many female anti-heroes so true and so this is filling a void until we figure out how to write them in a in a way that's not 
you know, making an unintended judgment of what women are and are not, you know, um, there's like an abundance of women interacting with each other. So if one person does something unikable, the rest can balance it out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You guys, I'll also say if if this isn't, hasn't won anybody over yet, we can also say that our, our whole friendship is really based off of reality TV. Our boyfriends want to talk about sports. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We got a drink. Uh, Taylor catfished my boyfriend Mm -hmm. into meeting her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, How so? Because, okay, (laughs) this is like, whatever, kind of irrelevant, but basically uh, my boyfriend has a Sixers podcast Okay, and her boyfriend's a big Sixers fan. So he had Taylor write a very in-depth like message about the Sixers and was like we should grab a drink because sometime. Mike and I were friends on <laughs> okay, so she Instagram. Was cap- so it was yeah. by way of her. Okay. It was yeah. by way of me because I had gone to the same college, college as him. My boyfriend. So sure. Tony yeah. was like well I can't just, just talk to him out of the blue but you went to the same college as him yeah. and so, so he like wrote all these messages we That's reached really out. That's really sweet that then, he wanted to be yeah. friends with. <laughs> and then up being a fan of Tony's shows and they yeah. just like were fans of each other so we all get together for a double date Amazing. and I kid you not they like both stood up and like started Left. Giggling and ran to the bar and, and we were, were just, just like whispering and, and I was like, "So, Alyssa, <laughs> where are you from?" I didn't know anything about her. No, wait, oh no <laughs> way! No, it was like it was like an arranged marriage. So this yeah. is before, I assumed that you had known each other no. and he had seen him peripherally. This no. is amazing. This is us meeting, and then so we're just like getting to know each other, yeah. and then we like find so much common ground on these shows, and then we're just suddenly texting all the time all while time. we're watching all of these shows. Amazing. And then that's how our podcast birthed itself, yeah, which I is love really it. cool. So like I'm saying, practice what we preach. Practice what we're saying. Went over yet it brings really cool people together I like this it. to talk yeah. about cool stuff that is so fantastic um i i'm trying to see what else i have to throw at you guys just because you guys are bring absolutely it. wonderful <laughs> okay let's see i've got oh uh this one's kind of boring but the way women look on reality tv could essentially make women feel like they want to look like that person um, sure i mean i feel like instagram is doing a pretty good job totally. of that i also feel like they're very honest about the procedures they're getting done also, and the, you're so right and yeah. nowadays we don't just have like the bachelor bachelorette like, right there, like you were saying yeah. there's a whole and in terms of like the beauty argument i think it's really helpful to watch a lot of the Alyssa mentioned this earlier but the older women on the shows talk yes. about aging and like we watch them with how they're dealing with it mm-hmm. and whether that is like any kind of treatments or surgeries or even if it's just like changing up the way they dress and present themselves yeah. i think that that's something that we don't really hear a lot about yeah. sure know? well and shows like queer eye which is yeah um, mm-hmm. but is able to address as well and they're like you don't have to look like this you or can, you can yeah. put sunscreen on your face men yeah. God, what is going on? So men are being helped too. It's not only good for women, it's good for men. Look at us go. Um, Okay, the only last thing I had, which I'm so sorry to throw on you guys, uh, but I had last but not least, reality TV is bad for women because it popularized Donald Trump from The Apprentice, who's now, I don't know if you've heard, but he is the president and he's creating policy that is directly hurting women. To that we will say, we are all about (laughs) Bethany Frankel 2020. No, seriously. Yeah, I think we're we're correcting that. You're so right. Well, now we realize that we can. We made the mistake will of course correct accordingly yeah. and i will say also i mean that's obviously there's almost nothing to say to that but there are <laughs> cases of people who have gained power through frivolous television who are trying to do good with it mm-hmm. say what you want to say about her but kim kardashian's gotten a lot of people oh, out of jail yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she's playing on the same level <laughs> i thought you were gonna say kim kardashian has created an amazing empire for herself that, but 
not a lot of people in jail. But like, who is going to be out of jail? So I think like it's Donald Trump is the worst case scenario. But I think that there's also people doing good. Lisa Vanderpump is like saving hundreds of thousands of dogs in China. You're so right. You're so right. Using their platform for good, creating an empire and then using the platform for good. And we will knock doors for Bethany Frankel. Yeah. In 2024, I will absolutely go out with you guys, mainly just for the joy of it. Amazing. I can't. I love it. Um, just just so we can touch on a little bit of everything. Um, we've done a bunch of dating shows. Uh, Survivor, an amazing race, that mm-hmm, genre, mm-hmm. also good for women? Yeah, I think oh, yeah. so. Um, we've Great. talked about, yeah, and, and like the, the challenge yes. and showing women can be very athletic, awesome. all of that. And yeah. let's pass the Bechdel test right. way more talk- than anything yeah, else. Totally. It's just yeah. two women talking about how to tackle a challenge and like get shit done, especially Survivor. Survivor has had teams of women that are just talking about how they're fucking going to win the game. And I'm it's not sad that we still have a test where it's like two women have to talk to each other about something other than a man and fingers crossed both characters have names i mean that's insane i know it's like bananas. come on so reality tv largely across the board passes that love that how about uh any type of like cooking or baking show top chef great british baking show top chef taught me how to use acidity in cooking you're um, so i've learned more about cooking from top Chef. yeah i, I think there's not that many female chefs in the world too so give them all the platforms amazing you know? love that where are we on the masked singer guys Ooh, i oh love it but i understand that it's in direct competition with my career interests <laughs> so it is so successful and so cheap to make yes. and will replace all broadcast comedy. 100%. Yeah. And it's, it, the ticking clock was set like 15 years ago yes. and it's just slowly but surely becoming a reality. Yeah. It's <laughs> wild too to see it. We talk about how like in, in your writer's room like everybody watching reality TV mm-hmm. and t- watching The Circle and watching The Bachelorette. Uh, a good friend of mine who guested on our podcast once Vanessa McGee who is a great writer just as like kind of a self-proclaimed like not really into reality TV and came over to my house a week ago and was like I have seen every episode of The Masked Singer. Yes. I'm obsessed it's- with The Masked Singer. I'm thinking Insane. I'm gonna fly to London and watch Did the one in the UK because of the writers' room. I I don't know. I think yeah. I think another writer like made her do yeah. it, and now she's like, I'm like, it, you're fully converted. Like I this fully is such th- an extreme. I, yes, I fully joined the writers' room, being like, I don't really watch much reality mm-hmm. TV, uh, and then feeling like, oh no, like if I don't watch it, I'm not gonna be able to talk to anyone about it. Yeah. To then being like, the show is over, and I am still sitting down, being like, yes, baby, new episode, yeah. cannot wait. <laughs> and it's it's been a journey, but I I respect her for it. Yeah, you guys, you guys are doing amazing uh last but not least on the list i have Ter- have you guys we've seen tara's house i just wanted to discuss so it. my friend is obsessed with it so i know of it okay um i haven't watched it myself it's another real world but like you were saying showing different you know different cultures though exactly. for dating different standards of you know and even queer i did that a little bit with their japan season yes. i guess kissing in Terrace house is basically like having sex in the bachelor yes it's like more it's much yeah. more muted it's like but it's still so delightful to watch like how everything unfolds it's like slightly more I want to say respectful, but it's just different. But, but it's how cool fantastic. that you get a window You're into so right. the standards of another, you know, country. Amazing. Amazing. You guys, you've done a phenomenal Yay. job. Dying on this. <laughs> Are there any other points you really want to drive home with uh, on why reality television is so good for women? It's just a nice break. Just, just so the right. world's Escapism, on fire. Baby. Lay down, have a glass of wine, you know. A hundred percent. Watch Stassi Schroeder say it's my fucking birthday every year. You know? Yes. <laughs> so many of the greatest lines in television really seem to come from the reality world mm-hmm. you absolute waste of oxygen yeah. was just on below deck med <laughs> amazing so good so just yeah cuddle up with a glass of rosé and enjoy some reality tv and know it's not making you a worse woman yeah. it's probably making you a better woman don't feel guilty 
just feel pleasure. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. You guys, you're amazing. Thank you for being here. Uh, are you comfortable with me reading your eulogy? Now? Yes. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Today we say goodbye to Alyssa Lippman and Taylor Mashak, who died on the hill of Reality TV is Great for Women. Alyssa is survived by projects including Table Flipping with Alyssa and Taylor, uh, their podcast, which is available on podcast platforms across the board. Uh, you can follow Table Flipping at Table Flipping Podcast on Instagram. Perfect. Uh, you can follow her legacy, uh, her personal legacy on Instagram as well at Alyssa Lit 7. It's A L Y S S A L I T 7. And you can follow her on Twitter at Alyssa Littman, A L Y S S A L I T M A N. Taylor, on the other hand, is survived by many projects, including Dave on FXX, also available on Hulu. You can follow her legacy on Instagram at Taylor Mishak, Taylor T A Y L O R M I S I A K. And you can follow her on Twitter at Taylor Mishak, T A Y L O R M I S I A K. Alyssa and Taylor, we are so grateful for your time here on this podcast and on this earth. May you both rest in peace. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.